0: Hi, this is Bill Farmer, and you're listening to Disney Vault Talk. So stay
1: tuned. From magical movies... All it takes is faith and trust. Oh, and something I forgot. ...to unforgettable adventures. Well, once there was a princess. I'm an outlaw. that's what. That's no life for a lovely lady always on the run... From the thrill of the theater to the comfort of your home. Do you want to build a snowman? Right up, I don't care how you kill the little beast, but do it! And do it now! You can always count on something new from Disney. That's why they call me Thumper. Look for the bare necessities, the simple bare necessities. Forget about your worries and your stuff.
2: Look, have oh I got it!
1: The magic feather! Now you can fly! Ohana means family. Just a sec! Buzz, will you get up here and give me a hand? very
2: <laughs> funny. I'm taking you to someplace pretty special.
1: You won't find him here. <laughs> the king has returned. Join us for discussion and commentary as we open the Disney Vault with your hosts, Steve Glosson and Teresa Delgado.
0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Disney Vault Talk, the most magical podcast in the Goliverse. Nay, yea, verily, the internet, the entirety of the internet. My name is Steve Glosson. So glad to be along with you on our fiftieth epiversary. A, a term that I'd like to say I coined around the tenth episode of Geek Out Loud. So just saying, I'm just putting it out there that that I feel like epiversary is a term that I coined and I know that it's in the zeitgeist. Yeah, oh no, I didn't right. stop anything.
1: <laughs>
0: <sighs> Take four. No, not at all. We can't do this alone. We gotta do the we got to bring in the heart and soul of Disney Vault Talk, the woman who started it all, who pushed me into this madness. Ladies and gentlemen, for her 50th episode of Disney Vault Talk, please welcome the lovely, the talented, the powerful, Teresa Delgado. Hello, Teresa.
2: Hello. Can you believe it's 50?
0: I can't. And what movie is this?
1: Treasure. Point. I mean,
0: what num I'm sorry, what number movie is oh, this? Oh, 43. So, we've done seven episodes that are top tens. We did a look back. We did five top ten episodes. We've done a look back at where we'd come once we hit the Renaissance. Mm -hmm. And we did a a tribute to Walt Disney.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: So, we started this show June of 2014. Oh, man. And it is 2016. We've been doing this show for two years. Okay, yeah. 2 years, 50 episodes. Mhm.
0: That's about that's almost one every 2 weeks. So that's good. Almost. Yeah. Yeah,
2: that's pretty good.
0: We're not we're not doing too shit. Well
2: done us.
0: Mhm. Pat on the back all the way around. Um uh, you weren't you weren't expecting this, but I wanted I, but I I figured I'd spring this on you.
2: Uh-oh. Is it going to make me cry? No, no,
0: no, 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 no. no.
2: Okay. <laughs> it's just it's
0: going to make you think. Oh. Okay. Uh, so so sit tight. Here we go. Um, I'm wondering, Teresa, for you, what are some of your favorite moments thus far in 50 episodes of Disney Vault Talk?
2: Oh my God, my penguins on my body. <laughs> oh
0: my God. <laughs> That's definitely one of the best moments of recent memory, for sure.
2: Um, Fox and the Hound.
0: Oh my, really?
2: Well, who is, okay, like, favorite moments, because... There the things that happened on the show that were completely unscripted mm-hmm. or just sort of occurred and went all over the place. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was just really funny. Yeah. So that. Um let's see. I really loved when we used to do the dance parties. That was fun. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We don't really do that as much anymore. No,
0: no. Well, because we're grown up and we have jobs.
2: Uh, <laughs> true. Uh Hmm. I really liked when we came up with baby mushroom. Yes,
0: baby mushroom. Baby
2: mushroom.
0: Um. Yeah. This show has Peter
2: Pan episode was pretty funny. See,
0: I saw the email and I don't remember the Peter Pan. Pan I don't remember the Peter Pan. Pan episode. Pan. You you're hurting my hook. Um. What was funny about the Peter Pan episode?
2: Just because it was like, it's such a beloved movie and I feel like we kind of trashed it. Okay.
0: <laughs> not intentionally.
2: No. We never intentionally trash anything. Mm-hmm. It's like in Harry Potter when Dobby says, not kill, just maim. We're seriously injured.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair, we were pretty harsh on Pinocchio.
2: We were.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: We were. I
0: stand by it.
2: Yeah, I do too. I mean, I stand by everything I said on this show.
0: Okay, just making sure. Um, there are moments that have traumatized me in this show. I, I think of, I believe it was, make mine music. <laughs> oh God! When yeah. Willie the whale gets harpooned, and I'm like, what are they? They're killing the whale. And like, they tried to make it better by like now he sings in heaven. That doesn't make me happy. Mm-hmm. That's not good. That's not friendly. That's not nice. Um, there, there was uh. There were there was say er, it with a slap, yeah. Say it with a slap. Thank God that didn't catch on. (laughs) But now, um. Wow, I'm just seeing a comment in the on the uh. Hmm.
2: No, she she Sarah's commenting that I think it was after Peter Pan, I think is when we got our lovely first introduction to Sarah.
0: Well no, I'm looking at I'm looking on the Facebook thing and I just saw a comment oh. on Facebook that I totally don't understand. Oh. So anyhow, um I think that this show has been responsible more than any other Goldiverse show for catchphrases. Mm-hmm. that either have kind of stuck or stuck for a while and went away or or just didn't go anywhere the baby mushroom swinnimer we made a man's name oh, a catchphrase swinnimer um boom twitter, twitter paid. <laughs> <laughs> uh what are some other well of course you said the oh my god there's penguins on my body that's from my sister rebecca um there just seems to be more. There seems to be more, but I feel like we we've kind of had more of those than anything, and it's been fun. It's been fun to go through these movies and um, and do this thing uh, with you as we've as we've watched them. But there's one moment that I was reminded of earlier tonight before we got going that I feel like we don't revisit enough. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this is it. <laughs>
1: I love that little bird. <laughs> that was great oh. The Araqu
0: the Arquan bird. Was that from um Three Caballeros or the one before it?
2: That was from Three Caballeros, yes. Oh,
0: man, I love that little bird. Such a fun little bird. So good. <laughs> so, funny. so good. So um we thank everyone for sticking with us through fifty episodes. And for those of you who have found us Since we began, and and more recently, we thank you for jumping on board and uh, and being a part of the shows, and your emails and your thoughts and all that good stuff has been great, and we've got some feedback tonight, so uh, let's get into that.
1: When you mail a letter, you can send it anywhere, on foot, by truck, by aeroplane, the postman gets it there. So write a letter to a friend, maybe she'll write you. No matter what, you always know, the mail must go through.
2: We need those letters.
1: From General Lee, dear son, we're waiting for the Huns at the pass. It would mean a lot if you'd come and back us up. How oh, can you read this? There's no pictures. And then I'll put that flea in a box, and then I'll put that box inside of another box, and then I'll mail that box to myself, and when it arrives, I'll smash it with a hammer! Hey, watch it, watch it, watch it. Watch yourself.
2: Sorry, mm.
0: sorry, I'm just doing I terrible. I got
2: super confused. I'm like, wait, what? I'm
0: doing terrible on, on production tonight. I totally apologize. Totally apologize. All right. Well, so, Teresa went on uh, Periscope this afternoon or I this did. morning.
2: I also went live on our Facebook page. Oh, that's cool. Yes, and I when I realized I was doing the show notes and I was like, oh, my God, this is episode 50. I had to go on Periscope and talk about it. And what the best part of that was that was your first notification that it was our 50th episode. <laughs> <laughs> Steve joins, Steve joins the Periscope. Like, what is all this about? Huh? <laughs>
1: <laughs> what is happening?
0: Well, and here's the other thing I want to, I want to give a shout out to the Periscope people. Make it, make it be able make people. <clears throat> let me talk. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Happy 50th. Everybody I'm getting kind of old periscope needs to make it easier to comment when you're sitting at your computer rather than having to open up your phone and do it yeah because i had to open up my phone i had to bring you up on my phone and do it and i'm like i was watching for a minute or two and i'm like get, get to, she doesn't know i'm here and it wasn't until i actually opened on my phone you're like well hey steve <laughs> yeah like, oh um yeah i didn't realize i didn't know i didn't know and uh and you were all like it's 50 episodes and we're doing treasure planet and we're so excited I don't count any episodes except for the Geek Out Loud ones. Oh. So, yeah, and we're coming so, up on 300 in about uh, seven weeks on Geek Out Loud.
2: So you know how I know is because I title in our show notes right. our episodes by number. Yep. So I say like episode whatever was this one. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so if you were to say to me in like two seconds, you know, like, what was episode this? I'd be able to tell you because that's how I label our episodes.
0: Well, I, I'll tell you I, I started out, when I started Geek Out Loud I was doing episode number blah 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 And then a title or whatever And I just, I got put off on that When um, I heard Jimmy Mack say something about, ah, oh, numbering episodes Jimmy Mack from Rebel Force Radio And I'm like, Jimmy knows what he's talking about He's a broadcast professional I'm not numbering episodes anymore The mistake is, with like the Big Honkin' Show I still title them So I still have to come up with titles For mm-hmm. things, you know, for some of these shows And it's just like it kind of defeats the purpose. But with Geek Out Loud, I've, I've been tracking just because I started tracking, so I keep it up. And so we're coming up on 300 of Geek Out Loud soon.
2: Yeah, it's it's interesting. So, like, on Bookworms, for example, they we, we number them, mm-hmm. but they have titles. And Aaron does a great job of coming up with really cool titles, like... The Last Padawan Strikes, and usually he blends, like, whatever it is we're talking about. Right. The two titles of the books or whatever, and he comes up with cool stuff. So, But for us, we just title him the movie. Right. Whatever the movie right. is. Well, that, that
0: makes for easy search in Teresa. It does, mm. and I
2: agree, and I think that's a brilliant idea on your part. <laughs> but we don't put the episode numbers. We just put, you know, whatever the movie is. Right. But I have it running in our show notes, and so it's kind of cool. It's it's funny that that we didn't put that
0: together last episode.
2: I know. (laughs) I don't know. We were like episode forty nine, Lilo and Stitch. We
0: were all wrapped up in Lilo and Stitch and Ohana and all that stuff, and we forgot to count. Yeah. So pretty much. Um, we but on underneath your 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 video uh on the Facebook page, a lot of people commented um. Cliff Barnes was saying, congratulations, uh, threw out a baby mushroom. Can't believe it's been 50 episodes already. My family loves to binge listen to DVT on our 14-hour drive from southeast Ohio to Walt Disney World every year. And as we only have 24 days until our next trip, I better start re-downloading episodes. Thanks for all the laughter. I'm sure we'll be singing, oh my God, there's penguins on my body, as we drive through the gates for Walt Disney World's 45th anniversary. 50 episodes, boom, Twitter paid it. So Cliff and the family, they're keeping the, the catchphrases alive.
2: They are. And um, so I appreciate that he said Walt Disney World's 45th anniversary. It's technically Magic Kingdom's 45th, Mm. but you know, whatever.
0: Same difference. Well,
2: it's not when you got engaged on that day. Well, I'm sorry.
0: To the commoner, (laughs) to to us commoners, it's the same difference.
2: Well, I got engaged on October 1st, five years ago, on the 40th anniversary of Magic Kingdom. So,
0: I keep track. Have you seen well that's for Disney Watch. We'll say that for Disney okay. Watch.
2: Um so we'll just go through the Facebook ones and alternate. Donnie McSweeney, he says, Congrats, love all the shows.
0: Jamie Rotella, you guys rock.
2: Jeffrey Fishback, congrats. Woohoo! Uh Jason Bogue. Bog
0: you. Jason Bogue. 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 Jason Boggy. <laughs> Jason Boggy. Jason Bogue says, Congrats you two. Looking forward to the new episode.
2: Bill McNabb says, Hi, Stephen Theresa. Greetings from the McNabb clan here in not so sunny Scotland. Can you do a Scottish <gasps> accent?
0: Hold on. Well, um, heat, dude, new. Uh, look at the size. Wait, hold on. So Charlie tells me you're a butcher. I no, I can't. <laughs>
2: I'm, he says, I've listened to Vault Talk since the first episode, so congratulations! You are both my companions on commutes to and from work, and when I travel to collect my two sons each month. Love your show. If I have had a bad day, you and Steve always brighten it up with Disney magic. Here's to many more episodes. Keep up the good work, baby mushroom!
0: I hear ya. Noah Steinberg has a, a comment that I don't quite get. He says, that's so cool you have a 50th episode. I can't believe it's 50 episodes, but you guys... Blank my love of Disney movies again.
2: <laughs> I'm not sure what he was trying I to I don't say.
0: understand that at all. I, <laughs> Noah, language. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> really funny, Gee whiz. Noah. What is that about? I don't know if he's saying... I don't know what he's saying by that. <laughs> I, I think don't he was
2: trying to say like maybe we helped him find his love of Okay, him all him right,
0: him sure. Him. Well, that doesn't listen in my world. That word doesn't mean that. It, no, it
1: doesn't. In
0: my world, that word will get Mama Low mad at you.
1: Yes. So. It will. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that word in that <laughs> in my world, you get the scary Mama Low
1: <laughs>
0: when you use that word.
1: It's so true.
2: (laughs) Oh no, we're in trouble.
0: Hmm. No, we're not. Noah is.
2: (laughs) Noah's in trouble. Mm. You don't use that kind of language here. (laughs) Is she here? Oh,
1: she's
0: here. (laughs) (laughs) She's saying hi, guys. Yes, we're talking about you, Mama Lou.
1: We're talking about you. (sighs) Sorry.
2: Huh, oh, okay. Cheeks out. Mm. Cheeks out. <laughs> Cheeks out. So Jamie Jones says, Congrats. I've been listening since the Bambi episode. You guys rock.
0: We've got more than just that, Jamie. check them out. Uh Shayla and Matt say, sweet, love DVT. Looking forward to my next fix. Proud Vaulty here.
2: Anthony retella says, Congratulations, looking forward to the next fifty and beyond.
0: And Bart Sullivan says, Yay! Congrats on 50 episodes. This show has made my days more enjoyable and encouraged me to watch many Disney movies I would not seen previously, including Treasure Planet. Can't wait for the next 50, and I hope uh, and hope there will be excuses to have that many more episodes. Oh, yeah, we're, we'll keep going as long as we have the energy to do so.
2: Let me tell you about a conversation I had last night Okay. with Greg. He mm-hmm. said, so what are you going to do? So I was going through the movies, and he says, so what are you all going to do when you're done? Is that the end of the show? And I'm like, N- no, because... Pixar and he's like so after Pixar that's the end of the show and I was like what do you want the show to be over <laughs>
1: What's
2: going on uh, I said no because then we'll probably do like you know things like Nightmare Before Christmas and stuff and then there's live actions and he's like so then that's the end of the show and I'm like well Disney is making more movies
0: yeah but I was going to say by that time we'll have we'll, we will have swung around to more animated features that will be yeah. released and that sort of thing um i i was i saw something the other day it may have been on twitter where someone had a picture up and was like can we just make remake what can disney just remake watcher in the woods already and oh like, no and i'm like no <laughs> no
1: mm-mm,
0: mm-mm. <laughs> don't you do it don't you do it ain't no sense in revisiting that freaky movie that is a freaky movie looks mm. like it was now now the, the quality of film looks like something you'd watch like on pbs and your in your class when the teacher don't want to teach that day but it was not scary so scary scary, scary.
2: all right so i'm moving over to twitter because we twitter. had some twitter responses yeah kenny crawley jr says congrats on 50 episodes been a fan of disney vault talk since day one happy or not happy but hashtag epiversary Dave Mitchell, who's at Fourth Dave on Twitter. He said, Happy epiversary gang, congrats and keep it up. Phil Martin, who's at Better Jedi, said, God bless you both, every episode has been cherished listening. Mm-hmm. And we have some stuff from Jess Her on Twitter. She's Jade Tiger 712 It's not the Epiversary stuff, but she got her friend listening to us, and her friend has made it all the way to the Aristocats, and she said she seems to be enjoying them. Maybe I can get her to try other Gulliver
0: shows. Heck yeah, you can, Jess. Do it up.
2: Do it up, do it Jess, up. Jess,
0: actually, that whole thing started because Jess said, my friend texted me saying she just heard my name on the podcast, and I, or a podcast, I was confused until I remembered I suggested she listen to Disney Vault Talk. Mm. So that's what I'm talking about. Jess is doing it right, doing getting friends it right. to listen and that sort of thing. Over in the emails, uh, we do have a couple of 50th anniversary emails. The aforementioned Kenneth Crowley says, "Hello, Stephen Teresa, happy anniversary! Congrats on 50 episodes of Disney Vault Talk. Been a huge fan of Disney and a long time listener of Disney Vault Talk since episode one." I like all the reviews and looks back on the Disney films, as well as Rebel Yell and the reviews on all the Star Wars Rebels episodes. Can't wait for season three, by the way. My favorite parts of the podcast are discussion topics on Disney and your guys' passion for Disney. Again, congrats on fifty episodes and have a magical time, Stephen Teresa, and may the force be with you always. Hashtag happy anniversary. Sincerely, longtime Disney Vault Talk listener Kenny Crowley Jr. from Ohio.
2: Yep, and then we have one from Clinton. Clinton. He said Clinton <clears throat> he says congratulations on 50 episodes thank you Steve and Teresa for all of the entertainment I love listening to both of you talk about the Disney classics and your enthusiasm is contagious I don't know what percent of it is caused by the podcast or the movies themselves but I'm finding I enjoy each one more than I remember liking them in the past plus with all the fun facts I'm getting a history lesson on Disney So so thanks for giving me and everyone else a reason to see movies like treasure planet, which I've never got around to watching until last night. And I look forward to experiencing the rest of the Disney catalog with both of you
0: in the future. We celebrate the whole catalog. Yes, we do. Uh, yeah, it's been fun for me too, because I've had the similar experience as far as this podcast has ramped up my, my enjoyment of all things, Disney. Um, you know beyond just kind of the cursory enjoyment i had back in the day i've and and i think it is there's is also something about having a podcast you're listening to and and you get involved with the listener or with the host and they're doing something you like and so you start doing along with them and before you know it you're just into what's happening because of the process of the podcast mm-hmm. so that's always a good time and um i know that's happened to me multiple times Doc Zinn also sent us a 50th anniversary tweet.
2: Yeah, We did? Did yeah. I not?
0: Just says, at Disney Vault Talk, period. Oh. Thanks, Doc. Thanks. Thanks, Super. Doc. Thanks,
2: Doc. Um, I do want to mention, So, since we're doing the Epiversary stuff, we're not doing our regular emails, and we had asked for feedback and stuff, so I just want to say, Jess Becker, Chris Tipton, um, <laughs> he wrote us back. And he wrote... He said Tipton the way we say it on this show. <laughs> at the bottom. Tipton? Tipton? <laughs> uh, Lauren Rodriguez, David, Jennifer, all of you, we have your emails and we'll read them on the next show. Yes. So, oh,
0: definitely will. Definitely will. They and, are here, though. And you can me. email us at vaulttalk at com. Make sure you get those two T's in the middle. That's
2: right in the middle. Right there.
0: Smack <laughs> that in know, the middle.
2: I started that like on the very first show.
0: Yeah. So weirdo well uh what's going on in the world of disney let's find out
1: hey
0: watch it watch it watch it watch yourself. who goes
1: there hey, watch, it now. watch it watch it watch it watch oh. it <laughs> watch out for my butt <laughs> disney watch
0: nailed watch it watch out for my butt no <laughs> you started that early so, on you know, in know we're on 50 might
1: as well bring it full circle <laughs>
0: Oh, nice. This is an interesting article, Teresa, from Bustle.com.
2: It is. Um, So, apparently, the director, David Lowry from Peach Dragon, in an interview that he did with Ain't It Cool News, he revealed that there are three things that are not allowed to be in a Disney movie when you sign on. It's part of your contract. So, you have to sign that you won't do any of these three things. Which is interesting. I thought this would be good for discussion too because they make some good points in this article about how these three things, Disney has bent the rules and done these three things before.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: So we're not exactly sure when these three things were starting to be put in contracts, if it's recent, or maybe if Disney just picks and chooses what they want to do. But the three things that you are not allowed to do in a Disney movie if you are going to sign on is there is no smoking.
0: Hmm. Well, that's and that's, re- and that's new. I mean, that's relative, I say new, relatively new because we've seen, um, you know, some of the older Disney stuff where, mm-hmm. you know, it was just, it was there because it was the culture of the time.
2: Mm-hmm. There's no impalement.
0: I mean, okay.
2: Except for we see impalement twice mm-hmm. in pirates of the caribbean curse of the black pearl
1: yeah. when
2: they get impaled but then they're quickly shown that they're not actually alive they're right. like dead yeah and then ursula is impaled
0: we i think we talked a little bit about that the way she died on on the little mermaid and if i didn't say it then i'll say it now very jaws revenge-ish um jaws for the revenge mm-hmm. um yeah I, there's got to be more right that's it. Sure, sure. Are you sure
2: of impalement? Yeah. Yeah. Because how does he kill Maleficent? How does King he throws Prince the Felix...
0: sword right at her chest, at her heart.
2: Well, that's not really
0: impalement. Sword of Truth flies swift and sure that that evil die and good endure. Isn't that what she? is that the incantation she cast on her little sword? I don't know. Oh, oh, that's right. You hate Sleeping Beauty.
2: I do not. You love it. It's your favorite. <laughs> it's not
0: my favorite.
2: And then, um, no beheadings.
0: Hmm.
2: Now, we haven't really seen a beheading. I mean, we no. have Sleepy Hollow, where he's the headless horseman, but right. you don't actually see, like, his head cut off.
1: Yeah.
2: And we see, like, in um, Haunted Mansion, you know, Madame Leota is a head trapped in a crystal ball, but... And then in Aladdin, he juggles his own heads, but I don't think that that the genie does. So well, the I don't mirror, know.
0: Yeah, and the mirror on the wall is a disembodied oh, head. Oh,
2: and Anna kicks Olaf's head in Frozen.
0: That's true. That's true. But and I don't know
2: if that counts as a beheading. I
0: don't know. What about was there were there no beheadings in, or at least the hint of beheadings in the Hunchback of Notre Dame? Da, 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 da. I don't know. You singing the song is not an answer to the question. I
1: know. <laughs> so,
0: uh yeah I don't know I can't I mean obviously I can't think of any off the top of my head um I like the example he gives of genie juggling his own head in, in the a friend like me in Aladdin mm-hmm. but um I mean look I think it's I think those are solid rules I, I do think that if you have a villain um you know and you want that villain to really look villainish then smoking is the way to go because everyone knows sm- smoking is very bad for you okay that's what Pepe said in Muppets from Space. Um, but, you know, I, you, you can find other ways to get rid of your villain than impaling or um, what have you. Yeah. Man, listen, I think it's a little more brutal the way that we had a villain taken care of in Treasure Planet. We'll get there.
2: Yeah. Well, I can't wait to talk about that because I think that's super interesting.
0: But justice will be served. Well,
2: why so. you just get away for
0: free? <laughs> I don't, no, I, we'll we'll get there. Um, <laughs> so Disney also racking up the bucks at the box office, according to Forbes.
2: Yeah, that, I, I really liked this article because they were talking about how Disney has owned the box office mm-hmm. with the four highest grossing films this year. And while that's true, I went ahead and took a look at what films we still have coming out. Right. For the rest of the year. And they do have some some films still coming. I mean, obviously Rogue One. Mm-hmm. But we've got oh what else? Doctor Strange. Um I'm trying to think what else is coming. I feel like there's more than that. Moana.
0: When is that coming? That comes this year? Moana is November. Oh wow.
2: Yeah, so we still have more to go. But, yeah, they have the top four um, box office films, which I believe we have, what is it? What, what's that big
0: dude's th- name in Moanda? Do we know yet?
2: Um, the Rock?
0: No, no. <laughs> no. There's a picture on this article, and they're standing next to each other. Which one? On this Forbes article.
2: Do I not? I can't, where is I don't see
0: it. You scroll down. Oh, yeah, The Rock.
2: It's basically him with fluffy hair, and he's fat.
0: But what's his name in the movie? No, I
2: don't
0: know. (laughs) That's what I was asking. Is he the voice of that character? Yes, he's the voice. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I'm about to find out. That's what I'm about to do. Because let me tell you something. I may have found my favorite Disney character ever.
2: (laughs) So I like this visual that they give. So just to give everybody that's listening sort of a visual aid. If they assume that Fantastic Beasts will break the top four, fan- that's Harry Potter, mm-hmm. and if we assume that Star Wars plays a realistically expected um, plays as realistically as expected, then Disney will have at least five of the top six highest-grossing movies of 2016. If Moana also performs anywhere north of 872 million dollars, then Disney will land six of the seven top-grossing movies for 2016. Wow. So here's your visual aid of what this could look like. Rogue One they're predicting somewhere around 1.1 $1. $1 billion dollars or more. No, I
1: don't Captain think so. Captain America
2: happen. what?
0: I don't think that'll happen.
2: I do. Captain America Civil War was one of uh, over 1.1 $1. $1. $1 billion dollars. Zootopia made over a billion dollars fantastic beasts and where to find them would be in the 900 million to 1 billion dollar range finding dory has landed in the 950 million to 1 billion dollar range the jungle book was around 960 million and moana being predicted to come in around
0: 875 to 900 million i mean that's a lot is there positive buzz already around moana or is this article just there's
2: been a lot of positive buzz i actually had an article uh i to put in here That didn't make it in here because the website was being weird. But they did release some news today about some pretty big stuff to look for in Moana. And like some really cool stuff as far as the technology with Moana. Okay. So um, I'll have to find that for our next show. But yeah, people are talking about it.
0: His name is Maui.
2: Maui the Rock.
0: No, just Maui. And I like him. And I got to tell you something. If I happen to ever be able to live on the islands like that, I would wear, walk around shirtless with a shell necklace and a glass and a grass skirt like that as well. <laughs> I was talking, we had uh, the other day on the Big Honkin' Show, I, I don't mean to digress too much here, but the other day on the Big Honkin' Show, we had Maui Mark actually call in because I was curious about the practice of if I were in Hawaii, because I'm going to go and stay on Maui Mark's couch. If I were in Hawaii, what are the rules about wearing a Hawaiian shirt? Is it kind of the same as wearing a like a like a band shirt to their concert? And he said that Hawaiian shirts in Hawaii are dress clothes.
2: <laughs> that's, your, that's your element.
0: So like if you're going to a business meeting, you put on a Hawaiian shirt. The wow. only people that don't wear those as dress clothes are the lawyers. And they wear regular suits and ties. And I'm like, this is the land for me. I'm like, well, what do you wear when you're just bebopping around? He's like, you know, tank top shorts. I'm like, oh, my gosh. This is a magical place. I really do wish I was Samoan. I really, truly do.
2: I had a student ask me today if I was Samoan.
0: You're too tiny to be Samoan.
2: I'm just saying what they asked.
0: Your student needs to learn their people's.
2: Well, you know, you never know. Nope. They say weird things. Kids say the darnest things.
0: They sure, <laughs> they sure do, Teresa. They sure do.
2: So, as far as like the movies that have come out, because Disney released is releasing thirteen movies this year, which wow. is like that's whoa, crazy, yeah, to me. So their very first one was The Finest Hours, which came out in January, and then Zootopia came out in March, and following that up was Jungle Book, which came out in April. Have you seen that yet? No. Still haven't seen
0: it? Still haven't. I'm sorry. Man.
2: Captain America Civil War came out in May. And then, let's see, Alice in Wonderland through the, Alice Through the Looking Glass, that came out over the summer. Um, that was in May, too. That kind of came and went, huh? Yeah, it did. Um, Finding Dory came out in June. So we have like one a month, pretty much. The BFG came out. That was another one that came and went.
0: That's unfortunate.
2: I know. It came out in July. And then August was Peach Dragon, which is still out in theaters. And I need to go and see that with my mom because she really wants to go see it. And I like that movie, too. So I want to see the difference. We have now we're at the point of stuff that hasn't come out. The Queen of Katwe is coming. And this has Lupita Nyong'o in it. And I'm super excited for it. So I want to see that. It's about a, a young chess protege. And from Uganda. And David Oyelowo is in it as well. So that's cool. So two Star Wars people. And then we have Doctor Strange. It's coming out in November. And then Moana comes out in November. And then Rogue One. So we've got Rogue One, Moana, and Doctor Strange. And the Queen of Katwe coming.
0: How are you feeling about dr strange
2: i don't know anything about dr strange i don't even know who he is i know that he's played by smog and that's enough i need to know
0: okay all right <laughs> because it's benedict cumberbatch benedict cumberbatch um benedict cumberbatch yeah yeah i dr strange is he's I, i'm not gonna be one of these people like oh i always loved dr strange in the comic books but dr strange always when he showed up things are going to get weird um, and not because of his name, but because he was like a more mystical superhero. Like his powers are magic based and everything. Ooh, magic! Yeah, and a um, like Harry Potter. Yeah, only, and that's really kind of what I expected from this. I expected him to go kind of that Harry Potter magicish route, but it seems like they're going more for a reality warping, bending kind of thing, which is is kind of surprising because Doctor Strange back in the old comics and everything always had more of a psychedelic kind of feel to it um bright colors and like of course it was jack kirby drawing and so it was always going to be a little bit um out there with all what they call the kirby crackle and everything no steve did drew him. anyhow my point is this um i don't know i've been like I, i've they've yet to really just blow my mind with a trailer for it I, my butt's going to be in a seat of course but um but I'm really interested to see how they pull this off.
2: Mm-hmm. I just saw an article. This is fresh for Disney Watch. It's from Oh My Disney or OhMy.Disney.com. It is confirmed two Disney characters will make a splash in Moana as Easter eggs. Ooh. So let's see. It's a known fact by now that Disney loves hiding Easter eggs in their films. The self-referential nods can be as elaborate as inserting a character into a scene where they might not belong or as simple as crafting a Mickey-shaped object. While most of the joy revolves around finding them for ourselves, once we watch the movies Moana directors John Musker and Ron Clements, hmm, who are we, what is this movie that we're doing and who's it by? Oh, wait, it's by Ron Clements and John Musker treasure planet really <laughs> it's by the same people yes no way yeah it's directed by the same people huh and produced by the same people didn't know that they just hinted at two that we should look for in moana hint one of them fits in while the other clearly does not Intrigued? keep reading flounder does appear in this movie nice you'll have to find flounder i won't say where considering flounder lives in the ocean we can definitely see him making appearance but then here's the next one olaf is in the movie very briefly Despite his love of summer, something tells us Olaf would not fare well in Moana's tropical setting. But the animators are pretty creative with their Easter eggs, so he could be anywhere. He's so going to be made of sand. Flounder. He's going to be
0: made of sand instead of snow. Ooh, that's my And then I'm he's going to
2: talk about dancing around singing. I love summer. or I, don't, I love winter. No, I
0: mean obviously it'll just be one of those background things where you don't, you know, blink and you yeah. miss it. But it wouldn't surprise me if it's a if it's a snowy kind of thing or sandy kind of thing instead of a snowy kind of thing.
2: Sandy versus Snoopy. Snoopy. Either way, there's cool stuff happening.
0: I yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to Moana, especially. Look, I love that picture of Maui. I I've not really watched any trailers for this movie or anything, and um,
2: there's some good ones. Are there really? There are, yeah, there are some really good ones. And by the way, Maui Mark said that you are Maui and I get to be Moana.
0: Okay, are, I like that. Are they like brothers and sisters?
2: No, because Maui is like a god.
0: Oh, well, hello, everyone.
2: Yeah, but the trailers have been really good. So yeah. if you haven't seen those, you should totally watch them. Right now? Or just whenever you feel so okay. inclined.
0: All right. I mean, I've got one pulled up right now. Okay. Um. Let me find a short one here. All right, we'll do this one. It's two and a half minutes. Wait, no, no. We got to go through it. Stupid ads. Come on.
2: Come on, ads.
1: Jeez.
0: This is an international trailer because I can't understand the words. And by the words, I mean the ones that are written.
1: I don't like Someone where she's playing in the water. Yes. Bye bye. Bye bye.
0: Okay, I don't know if that was supposed to be, if that was Hawaiian, because I don't know Hawaiian words. That
2: was not, that was like Japanese Right, that was a Japanese,
0: I'm talking about the music that was playing though. Oh, I'm like, nope. Do you know who
1: Maui is? Here we go. (laughs) Only the greatest demigod in all the Pacific Islands. With his magical fishhook, he slowed down the sun, pulled islands out of the sea, battled monsters, and I should know, because I'm Maui. Let me do this,
0: please. His little tattoo was dancing.
1: (laughs) I'm
0: in. I'm in. Now there's Moana and a pig just staring at him.
1: Nothing? Really?
0: Yeah, she's like, um. He did the people's eyebrow. He did the people's eyebrow. I'm I'm in. Uh-huh. I am totally in. The little dancing tattoo had me. And then to know there's a pig <laughs> in this, shoot, I'm there. I am there.
2: Yeah, I really like her, and I love the trailer with her as a little girl, where she's like kind of moving the water around.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, and she's like, bye bye.
0: Oh, that was great. That was a. I mean, that's a. That was a beautiful piece of animation i was mm-hmm. kind of smitten with it and then when she turns around and says bye bye that was just cute it warmed your heart so well teresa let's uh let's get into treasure planet almost said treasure island not gonna lie here we go <laughs>
1: Mr. Yocan there, right? Beware, the cyborg. This appears to be some kind of map. This is the moment Jim Hawkins had always dreamed of. Whoa, treasure planet. Now, he's determined to go for it. This is my chance to set things right. I don't want to lose you. Make you proud. Robert Louis Stevenson's greatest adventure, Treasure Island, as it has never been seen before. All hands to station. Walt Disney Pictures presents Treasure Planet. How cool is this? What are you looking at, weirdo? Yeah, weirdo. Brace yourself. Oh! Pleasure to meet you, Jimmy. It's Jim. Oh. And you are? I want to say Larry. He may be on a quest for gold. You're gonna make people see me a little different. Mr. Silver. Cyborg. But he better watch out for Silver. Change in plan, Lodge. Pirates on my ship. Oh, Mama. We move now. This isn't over yet. Sometimes college can be the greatest treasure of all. You think a pup like you can take on the likes of me. Watch me. (laughs) Treasure planet. Ah! Captain Flint? In the flesh!
2: Except for skin organs or anything that resembles flesh.
0: No, that's not right.
1: <laughs> what?
0: <laughs> so, Treasure Planet. This movie is Treasure Island. In space. Boom. Introed. And here's Teresa with some history.
1: I'm sure you know everything there is to know about the castle. Oh, well, actually, I, uh, yes, I do. As you can see.
2: All righty. Shortest intro we've ever had for a movie. That's right.
0: That's right. I don't know what else. I don't know what else to say about it.
2: (laughs) Well, I have some stuff. So it premiered on November 27th in 2002. So we had two films because Lilo and Stitch came out around the same time. Mm-hmm. Or in the same year. And it is the 43rd animated film. It is a science fiction adaptation of Robert Louis Stevenson's adventure novel, Treasure Island. And it was the first major film to be released simultaneously in regular theaters and IMAX. Is that true? Eee! For like an animated film. Wow. Yep. Hmm. Breaking all kinds of ground with the weird movies. Yeah. Yeah. Now it did employ a novel technique of hand drawn two D traditional animation on top of three D computer animation and it was totally obvious. You could so see it.
0: Oh sure. You could yeah. See it everywhere. Yeah, they and were still, I thought it was cool. Yeah, they but were still, also kind of weird sometimes. They were still working it out there. Um, how far they were gonna go with computer versus the hand drawn stuff and, and we've seen and the thing is is we've seen these movies build to this and build to this and build to this. Um, and I think that they just basically threw everything that they had developed with this type of um, combining these elements into this one thing and there's one moment where it really stands out and it's when uh, Morph turns into a pie and goes into the Spider-Man's face
2: oh you think so? see I think where you can really see it is when they're in the middle of all the treasure and the treasure's like flowing past oh
0: sure past yeah them. yeah
2: yeah I love Morph
0: <laughs> He's so cute. He's something else now. That morph, that morph is something weird. Morph.
2: So the film performed very poorly in Mm -hmm. the U.S. box office. It cost about 140 million dollars to make, and it earned 38 million dollars in the U.S.
1: Mm.
0: Well, here's the thing. I did a little. I did a little digging. I did a little digging. Did what month did Lilo and Stitch come out? Do you recall?
2: Mm-hmm. I'd have to look at our show notes.
0: Okay. Well, not only did you have you said Lilo and Stitch came out the same year, correct?
2: I believe right? so because it was nominated for the same Academy Award.
0: Okay. Um. So here's the thing. I did a little bit of other digging, and um, here's some other movies that came out this just this particular year. Of course, uh, Star Wars Episode Two: The Attack of the Clones. Uh, Leo but, and
2: Stitch came out in June.
0: Okay, but see, Spider-Man came out in May. The first Spider-Man with Tobey Maguire. Oh, well, that was com- a mistake. No, I thought the first one... Everyone loved the first one. It That was a groundbreaking superhero the movie. The
2: first one was fine. The second one the was, second an, one was, the, one was no, the second one with Dr. Octopus? No, the second one with Dr. Octopus
0: was fantastic. The third
2: one was the terrible. The third
0: one, not so much. Um, But you had Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones. And then you kind of had outside of Lilo and Stitch honestly i mean the born identity came out that year it was first of the born movie's kind of situation but as you kind of scroll through there's not a lot that really ca- catches captures my eye until Lord of the rings well that's what i was going to say until you actually get down to this month in november because earlier in november or later in november let me find it here make sure i've got my time my time frame just right um, yeah, on November fifteenth of this year, two weeks or so before Treasure Planet, Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. Woo! So um
2: yes. just kidding, not my favorite film, but yeah.
0: Yeah, but the world but at this point, the world was all about Harry Potter.
2: Potter heads everywhere.
0: You know, so then you go from that and swing around into December with Two Towers you've got all kinds of you know looking ahead to you you you're watching the Harry Potter you're looking ahead to Two Towers you're on a Star Wars high or not depending on what you thought of that movie and Treasure Planet just kind of got buried in the mix of all that going on this particular year I think um as well as you know by the end of the year Lion King hit IMAX so and that was just a month later on Christmas when that happened. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, I just I feel like it was just kind of a, a an unfortunate circumstance of the placement of this movie in in it in the release schedule. Part of that. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, it's interesting what kind of films were nominated for the awards.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, it's. It's like Lord of the Rings of Two Towers was nominated for best picture. The animated films were Treasure Planet, Lilo Lone Stitch, Spirited Away,
0: Spirit the the Horse Ice of Age, the Horse of Cinnamon. The Horse of Cinnamon. <laughs> what is that called?
2: <laughs> something I don't know. Something yeah. of sim, some sim- sir, Horse of Cinnamon.
0: Cimmerin. Cimarron. Cimarron. Spirit, the horse of cinnamon.
2: Spirit of Cimarron yeah. something. Um, Ice Age. So I mean I think it's awesome that it was even nominated, but here's why I think it was nominated. Because all the movies get nominated that only may like make like two dollars for the Academy
1: Awards. <laughs> <laughs> because they don't care. <laughs> right.
2: So, you know. Um like, the best picture was Chicago, and but Gangs of New York was nominated, The Hours, The Pianist. Mm. Um, Nicolas Cage was nominated for Best Actor for mm-hmm. Adaptation. Okay. Um, I'm just looking at some of the things that sort of strike me as odd. Best Animated Feature, Ice Age, Spirited Away, Lilo and Stitch, Spirit Stallion of Cimarron. Cinnamon. Cinnamon
0: Swinemer, so Spirit
2: Cinnamonyswinemer, Spirit
0: the st- the 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 stallion of this is
2: Spirit the Spirit of Cinnamon The
0: Stallion of Swimmer.
2: Oh, best original song, "Lose Yourself" from Eight Mile.
0: Lose yourself in the magic, the moment that.
2: That's not Eminem.
0: Oh, is that not how it goes?
2: No. Well,
0: what? No. Yes, it is.
2: I don't know. You're not singing it like Eminem
0: lose yourself lyrics it's in the magic the moment i guarantee you i
2: don't know i honestly couldn't tell you the lyrics from an eminem song past slim shady
0: lose yourself in the music the moment you own it you better never let it go only get one shot don't miss your chance to blow oh wow i'm a rapper we should just totally play that song right now (laughs) does it have cuss words in it i have no idea (laughs)
2: I can I can do Slim Shady. That's the only one I can do. Oh yeah. That's it. I can't really do any of the others. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not a good rapper.
0: Did you ever hear uh, Weird Al Yankovic's parody of that song? Yes. Um, Called Couch Potato. Yes. Yo, if you had one opportunity to watch all the TV you wanted, would you take it? (laughs) (laughs) It's good stuff.
1: That's Uh what. Uh Look, if you had one shot to sit on your lazy butt and watch all the TV you ever wanted until your brain turned to mush would you go for it or just let it slip yo remote is ready eyes wide palms are sweaty the flintstones on the tv already wilma and betty no virgin to channel surf and i'm hd ready so i flip Garbage is
0: all I'm getting. The Simon who folks want to He opens his mouth. I used to be able to do that that rap with about the TV stuff.
2: I used to be pretty good at the chumbo Wumba song.
0: That's not hard. <laughs> I, I believe the lyrics go something like this. I get knocked down
2: and get back But okay. I get up again. <laughs> okay, no, maybe not, not that one. The one that's like um the one that's more of like a rap. Uh maybe it's not Chumba maybe it's somebody else.
0: I know exactly what you're talking about, you my know friend. which song I'm talking I about. I think I do know which song you're talking. Was it from around the same time frame? Yes. Oh then I know exactly what you're talking about, my friend. All I
2: know is that it was in um Ten Things I Hate About You at uh, the
1: very beginning. Oh no,
0: I don't I can't I can't bounce for that. So you've made me doubt myself. But I feel like I feel like it's a little bit of um of this. It's been that one yes that one <laughs> so that's one week by the bare naked ladies oh bare naked Ladies! and here's okay. your long distance request and dedication i'm not playing it anymore oh, okay <laughs> I, now i can do all that one the chickadee china the chinese, chinese chicken, chicken all that good stuff mm-hmm. something
2: something
0: you have a drum stick in your brain stops ticking watch next files with no lights on we're done on Maison. i hope the smoking man's in this one
2: something about frantic
0: like Harrison Ford I'm getting frantic there it I think is. I'm tantric like stickers <laughs> guaranteed to satisfy like Kurosawa I make mad films Cattle make films but if I did they'd have a samurai yeah see I can do it <laughs> can you get a set of better clubs? you'll find the kind of tiny enough so my eyes aren't always flying off the backswing I get into a sailor moon because that cartoonist got the boom and I made babies to make the wrong thing how can I help it if I think <laughs> you're funny when you're, <laughs> when you're mad trying to <laughs> okay anyhow back to treasure planet ladies and gentlemen
2: oh my
0: cheeks. <laughs> Ow! Cheeks! Stop!
2: Ow! Cheeks! Stop! Uh. Where were we? Something about it doing bad. So it did bad. Yeah, the 38, 38
0: million in the United States and Canada.
2: Yeah, and then um worldwide it was just shy of $110 million. So it did bad, but that, when your movie does bad, you get nominated for an Academy Award. That's, That's just right. how it goes.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, also. But it lost. This was early on in the animated, in the. No, I guess it wasn't. I guess they've always done animated. It was... When did it was they...
2: after Beauty and the Beast because Beauty and the Beast won Best Picture.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And then after that, they made an animated they made an category. Anima- suddenly, right. animated movies aren't good enough to be nominated for Best Film of the Year.
0: Right. And Heaven this...
2: forbid a human actor get beat out by an animated and I, character. And I
0: think that's what it had to do with. But also, this, movie, this year, it was kind of light on the animation.
2: Hmm. I mean, Ice Age was pretty good.
0: I'm not saying it wasn't, but I'm saying... The squirrel
2: is pretty impressive.
0: But I'm saying, what was?
2: The acorn squirrel from Ice Age. Right,
0: right, right. Scrat? Scrat? Yeah. Scrit Scrat.
2: I just call him the acorn squirrel. But
0: what I'm saying is, though, is like, what else... I mean, obviously, Leo and Stitch was good, but, you know, now lately, you're hitting... I don't know. Animation is just at a whole new level than it even was in 2002 at this point.
2: Well, here's the other thing. What came out from pixar in 2002 is there anything because it wasn't nominated i don't
0: think so pixar wasn't doing year to year at this point
2: list of pixar films let's go to this all right list of links here Toy Story ninety five, Bug's Life ninety eight, Toy Story Two ninety nine, Monsters Inc. two thousand one, Finding Nemo two thousand three. See, that's what happened. Yeah. There they was skipped no Pixar film.
0: Right, right. And that's and that's my thing, is like they weren't doing every like now it's every year there's gonna be a Pixar film. But here I, I mean, this is what, seven years after the debut of Toy Story and Pixar was still this new kind of like, Oh my gosh, what do they do next? you know, kind of thing.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So well it is what it is yeah so anyway um let's see the principal animation for the film began in 2000 with roughly 350 crew members working on the film and it Ron, Roy Conley estimated that by the end of it, there were around 1,027 crew members listed in the screen credits with about 400 artists and computer artists, about 150 musicians, and another 200 technologists.
0: Wow. So they had to list all 150 musicians in the credits. They must have well, scored this. Well, would you want your name listed? Well, but here's the thing. If you do, that's why a lot of... um back in the day a lot of films would actually use the london symphony orchestra and score in london because you just have to put the lso you don't have to put name to name to name it for a while i don't know if it's still this way but i think for a while if you did it in in america that that each instrumentalist got a credit i, I could be wrong on that but i remember hearing something like that
2: Hmm, that's interesting Nice to get it. John Williams just wanted all the credit for himself, so he would do everything in London. <laughs> Maybe not.
0: I don't know. I mean, I I I'd have to I need some verification on that and I'm sure people email us and, and tell me that I'm wrong or Steve. right, that I'm wrong or right, and that's fine. That's fine. You know, but it's, it's so
2: Ron Clements, who was one of the people that this was the idea for the film was one of was his idea. He wanted to create a space world that was warm and had more life to it than you would normally think of in a science fiction film as opposed to the stainless steel blue smoke coming from the bowels of a heavily pipe laden treatment of a science fiction film mm-hmm. which is that's fair um, I feel like he's talking about Star Trek there uh, well, Star I think
0: Wars. he's talking about just about any. Science fiction. Here's the thing. And this is another thing I was thinking about. It, as, it, not to go back to the, you know, performed poorly. But when you think about science fiction animated films, how many can you name?
2: Mm, Atlantis.
0: Yeah, I, well, I mean, seriously. Like, they're generally not that well-received, unless they're a cute little comedy like, you know, the Monsters versus Aliens or whatever it was, or um, you know, generally if you have an adventure type science fiction animated film, uh, it they don't, they're not huge. Titan AE was one that was supposed to be this great thing, the best thing since star Wars. And, and it kind of went over like a lead balloon. And, and, and that's what this movie kind of reminds me of is, is that Titan AE kind of feel, but it just, it's not something a lot of times it catches for whatever reason. It doesn't seem to catch the audience. Um, not to my memory. Like, I honestly can't think of one, um, you know, that that really did super well other than outside of like a, I don't know, a Transformers the movie back in the 80s. Mm, yeah. I
2: guess that would be science fiction, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It's sort of interesting when you think about it in those terms. Like, I was having to think about it when I watched this. I was like, oh, it's a science fiction movie kind of sort of thing.
0: Oh, I mean, definitely it is.
2: Well, I know, but like, I okay, we'll get into that later. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay.
2: So while designing for Treasure Planet, the crew operated on a rule that they called the 70/30 law. It was an idea that the art director Andy Gaskill had, which, or he credited to Ron Clements, but it meant that the overall look of the film's artwork should be 70% traditional and 30% sci-fi, and that 70/30 law was also applied to sound effects and music as well. Oh, cool. So I think that's really neat. And I, I kind of did notice that with the sounds is it wasn't overly done as like science fiction sounds or anything no, like that. It, I noticed a lot of traditional score right, and things like that. So I thought that was kind of neat because they sort of helped to maintain maybe like the fantasy aspect of it by doing that.
0: Well, they what they did is they, uh, Wendy Cooper in the chat, and excuse me while I go on, the, on an edition of Chat Watch here, Teresa. Uh, but Wendy Cooper in the chat said it's kind of steampunk um, really before steampunk was a thing, a big thing. I mean, this is really is that idea where yep. you've got... I, I had a lo- I thought a lot about like Firefly and Serenity. Um, and it, it is, as far as like those, that TV show was like a Western set in space. Mm-hmm. And it felt very old school while at the same time being firmly entrenched in a science fiction world. And that's kind of how this felt to me and you know those the ships that they were on didn't really when they launched yeah they made sounds but afterwards you know i think they went a long way to make you feel like they're kind of out on an ocean as much as they are in space because you didn't hear the rumble of engines all the time and you did like if you're on the death star there's always that low rumble in star wars you don't hear anything like that it's just it was just kind of a, a ship sailing through space and um and and so yeah i definitely see where they did that and i think it added to a. I think it gave the whole movie a neat ambiance to make you feel it, it's weird how it does it because it you feel not only you recognize that it's science fiction but at the same time it has a classic feel to it a classical you know adventure feel robert Louis stevens treasure island feel you know did you mute your microphone internet connection problem. There's a problem with the internet connection between you two. Hold on while we try to get the call back. I we was... are back. All right, we're back. Go ahead. I wonder if we lost the chat in the midst of that. I'm not sure. Hmm. All right.
2: I was just letting you finish.
0: I, I, I finished. That, that Basically, okay. I was saying it, it has more of a, it, it felt sci-fi, but also classical like Robert Louis Stevens Adventure Classical.
2: Hmm. Um, You know, it's interesting. I don't know a lot about this particular story, so this mm-hmm. is, I mean, I'm, I guess I kind of know the idea of Treasure Island, but I've never read the book. Right. You know, so this was, well, we'll get into that later. Most of uh, what
0: I know about Treasure Island comes from Muppets Treasure Island.
2: There you go. All right, so Treasure Planet was released on DVD and VHS format in the U.S. and Canada on April 29th of 2003. Dude, still making VHS in 2003.
0: <laughs> well, 2002... Uh, yeah, That listen. Uh, episode 2, Attack of the Clones. Star Wars Episode 2, Attack of the Clones was the last Star Wars movie to be released on VHS. That makes sense. It was. This was right around the time where people we're finally catching up to the technology and it wouldn't be very much longer after that i remember kind of having a dvd player and getting all my dvd collection good and going and then all of a sudden they were talking hd dvd versus blu-ray and i'm like son of a
2: (laughs) so this particular dvd interestingly enough retained the number one spot in billboard's top sales for dvds for two weeks and I've noticed that, like with Atlantis, it didn't do very well in the box office or didn't do fabulous. It did better than this, right. but then it did really good in DVDs, which is kind of interesting.
0: Uh, well, I mean, that's a trend. We've seen that with other Disney movies where they may not have done so great in the box office, but once you got to the home video sales, it kind of picked up a little bit.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: From April to July, 2003, Treasure Planet brought in $64 million in DVD sales. It was then released again in a 10th anniversary special edition Blu-ray DVD combo pack on July 3rd of 2012. Interestingly enough, Teresa didn't know if she had this movie. Went to her Blu-ray cabinet, looking just to see, not expecting to see it there, and lo and behold, she had Treasure Planet on (laughs) Blu-ray for the 10th anniversary special.
0: All right.
2: You know why I didn't know? Never opened it.
0: Boom. Twitter page? No. No. Blu-rayed. (laughs)
2: Blu-rayed. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's funny that I never opened it, but I have it.
0: how did it look on the Blu-ray? I don't know what that
2: says about me and Treasure Planet. Oh, yes, I know what it says. I haven't seen this movie since it came out.
0: How did it look on the Blu-ray? Is it pretty? Good. Yeah. Oh, it was beautiful. I bet it is.
2: Yeah, very, very good. I think it's that time, Steve.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. For fun facts? Yeah. Alright. Fun
1: facts. Woo-hoo. Say it proud and Loud, it's Fun Facts Hi.
0: I'd like another take on that,
1: please Okay All right. Fun Facts Woo-hoo. Say it proud and geek out loud It's Fun Facts Fun Facts Fun Facts <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> Okay, so This film was co-produced and directed I don't understand, the, I don't understand what?
0: the weird noise you made Is that a Woo-woo yeah, but you you were like like you made a weird little noise. I don't know.
2: I blame Skype. Let it's me, weirdness. No,
0: no, 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 no. This was a Teresa. This was not a Skype noise. This was a noise. Teresa noise. You were like I did not. I'll tell you what it sounded like. Um, it sounded a little bit like uh like this guy,
1: which sounds something like this. Fun facts. <laughs>
0: That's what it sounded like. <laughs> it's like you were trying to do your jar jar impression. Oh no, I can't do a Lisa, guys, so silly.
2: You should follow me now, okay? <laughs> okay, What if Jar Jar is Snoke?
0: <laughs> Misa really ticked off. <laughs> There's a being awakening. <laughs> you should <a> feel it. <laughs> me feel it.
2: Oh. No, 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 no. Who does a really good Jar Jar? Is that um Jason Hunt?
0: Yeah, Jason Hunt's a master of master. Jason Hunt does a yeah. really good Jar Jar. Mm-hmm. Anyway.
2: Okay, so this movie was co-produced and directed by Ron Clements and John Musker, who were the same people that did The Little Mermaid. They pitched the concept actually at the same time that they pitched Little Mermaid.
1: So,
0: so
2: in the mid-80s.
0: Wow. wow. They pitched the
2: concept for this, and they were told no at that time. Hmm. And it did take roughly four and a half years to create the film, and that was actually pretty good because by the time that they got around to making Treasure Planet, the technology had come around to where they could actually do cool stuff.
0: I'm sorry, Teresa, to laugh as you're talking that. I just I read ahead and saw this next fun fact. And this is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my life.
2: That it was originally called Treasure Island in Space?
0: Let's stop right there. <laughs> coming in november from disney jim hawkins was like every other boy looking for adventure and he found it it's treasure island in space what a stupid why i (laughs) understand i understand if that's that is a pitch that is not a title like like okay i've got a great idea treasure island in space not the title that's the pitch they Were they seriously going to call this Treasure Island in Space?
2: That was its original name.
0: That's like the executive from Universal that suggested calling Back to the Future Spaceman from Pluto. <laughs> what? Yeah.
1: Is that for real? That's a
0: legit thing. He sent a memo to, like, to Steven Spielberg and Robert Zemeckis and was like, I think the title is just too genre, so I think we should call it Spaceman from Pluto.
2: How does that make any sense at all? They don't go to Pluto, and there's no spacemen.
0: Exactly, exactly. This is, that is just...
2: That name of Back to the Future is perfect. They go back to the future. Marty!
0: Yeah, I know, but I'm just saying, this is the same kind of stuff. What are we going to call it? I don't know, let's just call it Treasure Island in Space. It's just lazy, I can't... Surely, surely this is just what they were saying before they really nailed down the title.
2: It was its working title as they were working on the movie, so...
0: I don't know. That means okay. it got stuck in someone's head. That means they were without the ability to come up with a better title for the longest time.
2: Yes. So, Musker and Clements wanted to be able to move the camera around a lot, like Steven Spielberg or James Cameron. So, the delay in their production of this film was actually really good because the technology had time to develop for them to be able to do the kind of animation that they wanted to do. And I think that's pretty much perfect because if they had done this in the early 80s, it would have been totally crappy
0: yeah but you know what there's a moment and Teresa I don't know if you know how I feel about this particular phenomenon in movie making but there's a moment toward the end where things where there's a chase scene and such as and they go into shaky cam mode Yep. do not care for the shaky cam ladies and gentlemen if you've listened to the in any amount you know that I do not like the shaky cam and I, as I was sitting there watching I'm like no but it wasn't too bad.
2: I'm totally listening, but also trying to figure out what's happening with my cats. Hang on. Stop! Cut it out.
0: Okay, we're done. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> Treasure Island in space! But you have to get really quiet. Well, you remember Pigs in Space? Yes. All right.
2: Alrighty, let's see. The prologue of the film originally featured an adult Jim Hawkins narrating the story of Captain Flint in first person. Hmm. But the crew considered this to be too dark, and so they felt that it lacked character involvement. The crew also intended for the film to include a sequence showing Jim working on his solar surfer and interacting with an alien child, which was intended to show Jim's more sensitive side as an homage to Catcher in the Rye. Hmm
0: but they forewent all that.
2: They did. Then, when they were asked if they drew inspiration from the previous film adaptations of Treasure Island for the character designs, Glenn Keane, who was the one of the amateurs, animators, stated that he disliked looking at previous portrayals of the characters in order to clear his mind of stereotypes.
0: I don't know. There, if, you, if you ever watch the Muppets Treasure Island when they're going through the... Uh, when they're calling roll on the ship... Some of those critters looked like some of those Muppets. Except for dead Tom and really dead Tom weren't there.
2: There was that flatulence farty one that was kind of Oh my funny. gosh, yeah. <laughs> and then Jim was sleeping underneath him. That must have smelled bad.
0: <laughs> I got the sense that it wasn't that it smelled. It's just that he just had all these appendages. And so when he blew air out, that's what, it just made that noise.
2: Oh. I don't know. I was like, oh, he's, and then then when the dog guy said, I'm fluent in flatulence. Right. Or flat you, whatever. I was like, oh my God, that's not a thing. Niles
0: Crane, by the way.
2: Yes, Niles Crane. So the animators used maquettes Mm -hmm. or small statues of the characters in the film as references throughout the animation process. And I actually really like this because they use maquettes in Clone Wars and in Rebels. And I think that's really cool. I don't really understand how they use them, though.
0: Well, what what they do is is, is they have someone sculpt the image, a three D image of. I mean, that's what a maquette is; it's a little statue, and so it's a three D image. And that way, they can see front, back, sideways, all the way around it. To kind of it gives the it gives them ideas for light and shadow. It gives them ideas for what you know. It helps them know exactly how this thing is going to look in in. And I don't mean space like outer space. I just mean like in in a space. So. Um, so that's what, that's what they use those for, for cool. animation references.
2: I never really knew if they use them to like actually animate with, or if they were just there to have and look cool. No, I mean, it's, yeah, they
0: definitely they look cool after the fact, but it, it's generally maquettes are used to, um, to see a 3D rendering of something that, that was initially a 2D design.
2: Mm.
0: They use maquettes in Pinocchio.
2: Yes, they did. Per that fun fact. Mm-hmm. I just hadn't gone. I know.
0: I just went ahead and read ahead of you.
2: All right. So, did you like it?
0: I, I did. I mean, it's not my favorite Disney movie ever. Um, I don't know how often I'll revisit it, but I don't dislike it. I thought it was a really good adventure film. It was a great adaptation, as far as I can tell, of uh, Treasure Island um, in, in space. And... Um, And, and I thought that in the moments where they had to go for it, um, they went for it in the right way as far as like, you know, um, well, the death of, um, the first officer, Mr. Arrow,
2: Mr. Rockface.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, the killing off of him was, it kind of came out of the blue. It was, it was something that has to happen in this story and even in muppets treasure island they didn't go (laughs) in muppets treasure island sam the eagle plays arrow mr Arrow, and he's all about safety and running a tight ship and everything so they trick him to get into one of the uh life rafts and they're like you need to check it for holes and so he gets in it and they're like you need to we need to lower you down so you can actually see in the water he's like great idea and uh they just set him off to sea and later on in the film, he just kind of shows back up. He's like, this life raft is in great shape. And, you know, he's okay.
1: <laughs>
0: um, I love Sam the Eagle. But they just went for it in this. And um, and like I said earlier, I don't know if I prefer to be impaled or to be dropped into a black hole. I think they're equally terrifying. <laughs> And that's the other thing, the rules of space. They really played loosey-goosey with the rules of space. Yeah, there were no
2: rules of space in this thing.
0: Except as they're...
2: scientific as they tried to make it. I'm like, no.
0: Well, and I'm okay with that. I didn't, you know, I didn't mind. I mean, they had artificial gravi- gravity on the ship and everything. And
2: But where does the artificial gravity stop on the ship? Okay, there's that scene where they're flying up and they're on the mast of the ship and Spider Weird Guy gets, he's like disappeared. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm. Because Jim cuts him off. And right, which is what he I He basically mean... commits murder is what he does.
0: Well, no, he's getting justice for Mr. Arrow. Mm. And that's, it was kill or be killed with Spider Lobster Man. Spider Lobster Man, yeah.
2: In Spider Lobster Man, couldn't he have just cut that rope like snapping his stuff? But his, instead, he had to like saw it with the little bumps on the inside of his claw. It's like, come on, dude. I you don't.
0: Know, I think. don't know how. I don't know the workings of the claw snapping. It, I don't know how that works. So. I
2: don't know. But anyway, then you know Ben turns on the artificial gravity, and it seems like. Jim is really high up for the artificial gravity. Like, is there a certain level, like it goes so many feet above the mast of the ship? Well, or he like, was like...
0: actually on the mast of the ship. You know, he was up there around the crow's nest area. So that's what pulled him back down. I, I assume there's a bubble, maybe a thin one around the ship that is almost like a force field that keeps in an atmosphere and is the limitations of like the artificial gravity.
2: Hmm. See, I was thinking about that when I was watching
0: it.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Also, I was very much enjoying Ben, and I remembered that I, you know what, I hadn't seen this movie since maybe it came out in 2002, so I've clearly not watched this movie very much, but I really enjoy Ben, I think he's hilarious. Great, I think you're Larry, I'm gonna
0: go with Larry. <laughs> the, great, the great Martin Short.
2: Yep. And like I knew Martin Short was in the film and I was waiting and waiting and waiting and then he finally comes in and I was like,
0: There he is. Oh, uh oh Ed Grimley himself. Totally mental, I must say.
2: But I really like Ben. Do you have a favorite character?
0: Uh I like Morph a lot. Um Yes, Morph. And and I did like Doctor Doppler just because it was Niles. I wanted to like Ben more than I did, but Ben ended up getting on my nerves a lot. He was a little too over the top at times. Mm-hmm. for me um but i did like him he had some he had some pretty funny moments i like i like the bit that's in the trailer where he sees um sees the old dead cabin he's like there he is in the flesh or <laughs> at least <laughs> you know without flesh and organs and anything flesh-like <laughs> and that moment also reminded me a lot of goonies oh yeah with one-eyed Willie sitting there with his treasure you know i died, died with his treasure that sort of thing um but yeah, I I mean I I think morph is it for me. He he was just he was his his ability to shape shift and everything was really neat. And it was to me the thing that captured my imagination the most was when he turned into a wrench <laughs> for Long John Silver, and I'm like, okay, so he can like I started to analyze. I'm like, so he can become as solid as he needs to in these moments. You know, I wonder how long that lasts. I wonder, you know, that. So I started wondering about what it. What are the extent of Morph's powers and abilities?
2: <laughs> well, you know what I was wondering is, does Morph ever all go together, or does he always have little bubbles of Morph that are not a part of Morph?
0: Yeah, because that's kind of nasty when you think about it.
2: Because you know, he had like little pieces mm-hmm. of himself that yeah. weren't that weren't always connected to his Morphiness.
0: Yeah. Um. Did you think Jim's mama looked like Sandra Bullock? Yes. Me too.
2: And I didn't put it together until just now that John Silver was Long John Silver. Yeah. My bad.
0: Yeah. <laughs> My I bad. didn't realize that's who it was supposed to be. Yeah. But I did. I thought, well, this must, you know, you can tell 2002. I guess I don't know what Sandra Bullock was doing in 2002, but she was a darling of the late 90s early 2000s and and I, I totally totally wouldn't surprise me if they based that character a little bit off the look of Sandra Bullock. Uh, of of James Well, Mama.
2: Let me Google that for you. Oh, you're going
0: to do some Googling for us, are you? I
2: am. All right. I'm going to find out what Sandra Bullock was doing in 2002.
1: Let me Google that for you.
2: In 2000, she had Gunshy and Miss Congeniality. There it
0: is. That's the big one.
2: Hang on. As an actress, let me go to the right thing here. So in 2000, she was in *Gunshy*. 28 Days, Lisa Picard is Famous, Miss Congeniality. In 2002, she was in Murder by Numbers, Divine Secrets of the Yaya Sisterhood, and Two Weeks Notice.
0: But now they started working on this in like 98, right?
2: So it took them four years. Yeah. So in ninety eight we have Practical Magic. Mm-hmm. Oh, love that movie. Mm-hmm. It's on Netflix right now if you want to watch it. Prince of Egypt Forces of Nature.
0: She was a darling. That was a good I movie mean too. I mean you think of what they'd watch her in though at this point. Speed, speed two. Hope floats. Hope floats. Um, what's the one with the uh with the guy with Bill Pullman and and the eyebrow guy that in the coma while oh, you were sleeping? Oh my god,
2: that was while you were sleeping, but mm-hmm. that's in ninety five.
0: Right. That's what I'm saying though. She had already made a huge mark. So by the time they get ready to do this, you know, they're designing the characters in 98. They're like, who can we... Do- Sandra Bullock. That's mm. my point.
2: You know what? I need to look at something. Actually, oh, okay. Now that you bring that up. But, yeah, I saw it. I was like, she looks familiar. And then the longer I watched, I'm like, wait, who is that? Yeah, so, yeah, I ended up seeing it. But I was going to look at the casting... Because they did a lot of the design of the characters out of after the people they were planning on casting, or the design of the animation.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So I'm looking to see if there was anything about her mom or his mom that I missed that I didn't pick up on. So you can go ahead with the next thing, but I'm looking. Well,
0: looking. the voice of his mom is Lori Metcalf. Yes. Who um who played Andy the voice of Andy's mom in Toy Story two and three. Yeah. So there's a. She likes to play moms, apparently. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, do you think she likes it, or she's just been typecast?
2: Ooh, that's a good question.
0: And another, and another Fraser, um, link. Two years later, after the release of this movie, Laurie Mac- Metcalf would play Nanny G. She's one of several women who played Nanny G. In Fraser, Nanny G. Fraser's first wife, um, who is a child singer person she oh wait
2: oh wait wait i thought fraser's first wife
0: was this cr- was the crazy lady no 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 no. fraser's that you find out in cheers that uh, there's an episode of cheers <laughs> where he and um uh lilith get in a fight because nanny g comes to town and lilith wants to take their son to see nanny g because she's like a child entertainer you know kind of a banana-rama kind of thing and um emma thompson plays her in that episode of cheers and that's emma where,
2: thompson plays a character in this
0: movie and that's where fraser says well they were married back in college like it was like he, they, it, it, yeah it, it was a torrid affair and then she comes on the show two times in the show fraser and she's played by two different women the next two times she's on so Lori matcalf was the last incarnation of nanny g on fraser
2: Well, Emma Thompson plays Captain Amelia, who is a cat.
0: Look at that Fraser connection. Who resembles
2: a cat, but she marries Delbert Doppler, who's a dog, and they have cat-dog kids. Is she a cat? Because
0: I thought she was just another type of dog.
2: I'm not sure. She looks like a cat. Okay. To me, anyway. Well. But they have have cog kids.
0: I didn't want to think of her as a cat.
2: Or they have dat kids.
0: She could be a thundercat.
1: Huh?
0: Now There's no need to talk about her like that. (laughs) That's not nice.
2: That was really awesome.
0: (laughs) That's that's not nice at all.
2: Why did they say that?
0: Well, because it meant something different in uh the 1980s he would, well no
2: but why did they why did they always say ho after the thundercats well,
0: he did he would he had a sword of omens which start mm-hmm. out as a little dagger and he would go to and it would extend he'd be like thunder thunder thundercats and that's kind of like the call for them "Ho!" and it would send out the thundercats signal dun, 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 dun. Well, how do we get on thundercats because it's my fault it's my bad i'm sorry
2: I just wanted to see how long you talk about Thundercats.
0: Well, I mean, the first episode of the original Thundercats show is very odd, as they're all naked in space. So
2: <laughs> maybe they were going to Treasure Planet. They might have, and been. they got lost.
0: They did, and they got their ship. Well, they, they their ship was diverted or something. Anyhow, um, I didn't realize she. Was, I guess she was a cat, and that's just not very. I don't like that. I don't like that cats and dogs are living together.
2: And having Cog babies,
0: and yes, that's just weird. That's that just was weird. really
2: funny how there was like one that looked completely like a dog, and the rest did. not And then he was going to cry, and Morph turns himself into a rattle to shut him up.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. That was he's a-
2: like, oh wait, what do I, what do I do? I'm babysitting. Oh, they let the little pink blob babysit. That's dangerous.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, let's also talk about how J.J. J. Abrams ripped off the designs of of the police officers for his Star Trek movie. Totally. That's all I can think about when they come bringing him in the first. Time I'm like, holy cow, J.J. Abrams stole from Treasure Planet. <laughs> He's like, your son, blah, 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 blah,
2: blah. I love how Doppler tries to exert, like, I'm a professor, blah, blah, blah. I'm a doctor. And they're like, we don't care.
0: Yeah. <laughs> they're like, go away. He was very much Niles. I mean, he really did play Niles as a dog. Um, what'd you think of, uh, John Silver, long John Silver?
2: I really liked him. And okay. So we were talking about the villain thing. I thought he was a super awesome villain for Disney because he was a villain, but he also was not villain at the same time. He
0: went soft. I, and I don't know if in the original, and that's the other thing, again, everything I know about Treasure Island comes from Muppets Treasure Island. But one of my favorite moments of Muppet Treasure Island involved involves Long John Silver, uh, as played by the great Tim Curry. And um, he, uh, they give him the, the his little band, they get to the Treasure Island, they're on the island, and his crew of, you know, just ragtag, rat scallions give him the black spot, which is the pirate's death warrant.
2: Yeah, the thing that Jack Sparrow has.
0: Mm-hmm. And only they p- put it on a piece of paper and hand it to him and they pull up and, and they didn't have anything to write on so they drew it on a page from the bible and this is this is the ensuing situation here
1: clueless yeah yeah give it to him yeah but um it's not even his birthday no 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 the paper oh. <laughs> uh. this is for you <laughs> the black spot yeah, yeah. You dare to give me the black spot? Well, he told me to. And it's drawn on a page from the Bible. You tore a page from the Holy Scriptures to make a pirate's death sentence. Oh, the red-hot gates of hell are creeping open. Satan is hating his pokers for you. <laughs> <Unless heathens. laughs> down on your knees they all fall down on their knees. Deliverance from damnation. <laughs> Very good. You're forgiven.
0: Now the little goat clueless runs over to him, starts stroking him.
1: And let's go! Find the treasure.
0: Oh, they cut that part out. The the little goat goes over and he's like Oh, you're such a good man and a nice man. And the Little Lobster says, Tell him he's precious and you're precious. <laughs> but he when he gets on he's like, and Satan is hating his pocus for you. That just all that part always absolutely owned me because they're just like he's like, You tore a page out of the holy scriptures. But he always Silver always has is working all the angles, and it's true here too. And the in the one downfall, at least in Muppet's Treasure Island, as well as this treasure planet is that he does have a soft spot for Jim Hawkins. Mm -hmm. You know, he's the one man that can't be trusted, but at the end of the day, he, there's something about Jim that, that kind of brings him around. Um, And though he doesn't find full redemption, I mean, he goes on to, you know, scallywag another day and in the, and in the Muppets treasure Island, he, Jim lets him get away and you see him during the credits, the, the, the boat's leaking, <laughs> the little mm-hmm. life raft is leaking, and he's having to bail it out while the treasure's sinking with him in the boat. So, um but in this, he just kind of flies off into the into space.
2: I like that though, and I I really liked that he had to make a choice between the treasure and Jim, and he was like ah oh, blah, you know, and he lets it go. By the way, he has the coolest hand ever. It can do like all kinds of
0: stuff. Yeah, it's like the. uh <laughs> The, it's like a it like a massive, cool Swiss Army knife. I feel like he got it from watching uh, an infomercial one night. It slices, it dices, it can shake someone's hand. Um, that, I feel like Ron Popeil sold him that. It's the Ron Popil prosthetic arm. Good for cyborgs everywhere.
2: Cyborg. Did you know <laughs> that when Morph turned himself into the ball that it was going to be him, that he was the map that Jim took? Did you know that? Did you predict that?
0: I didn't. I, did, I, I didn't think about it. I just kind of went along with it. I assumed that it wouldn't go well. Mm-hmm. Because Jim does have to go back. I, I, on, in Muppets Treasure Island, Jim does have to go back to the boat.
2: He <laughs> <laughs> base everything off of Muppets Treasure Island.
0: <laughs> Who plays Jim? Um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. In Muppets Treasure Island. Oh, some little boy. Okay. What do
2: the Muppets play?
0: Uh, Kermit is the captain of the boat. Um, Sam the Eagle is Mr. What's his name? Sparrow. Arrow. Mr. Arrow. (laughs) Mr. Sparrow. Um, the piggy plays the captain's, um. Cook? Long Lost Love. Oh. Uh, and they find her on Treasure Island with the natives who sing Boom Shakalaka. Um which as it goes faster is boom shakalaka. Uh as I said, Tim Curry played Long John Silver. Um Fozzie plays the guy who funds the the boat and everything.
2: So he's Doppler.
0: Yeah, but that's not his name in the in the thing. It's um Mr. Bimble. No, Mr. Bimble's the thing that lives in Fozzie's finger. Uh what? <laughs> Fozzie basically plays an idiot. Um And then, and then random Muppets play like the cast of the, you know, the pirates and everything. Um, Sweetums is one of the bad guy pirates until he finally beats, like he hits one over the head. He's like, I don't know what these guys' problems are. I like you, you guys. Um, Statler and Waldorf play the, uh, the, I don't know what you call, like the carving of the mermaid on, on the front of the boat. Mm -hmm. They play the front of the boat. And so oh they're com- so they're there commenting all the time. And at one point, um, Long John Silver has tied up Kermie and Piggy. Kermie. Um, and, and they're dangling upside down on a tree over a cliff. And he's just put a candle there to burn through the rope. And so they sing a little love song and everything while they're about to die. And then the b- rope burns through and they fall. <laughs> and they end up, they've moved the ship around to where they were. And you look, and, and Statler and Waldorf, Waldorf caught him. And he's like, Look, Statler, we caught the pig and the frog. We saved the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should have missed. Oh, ho, 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 ho. you know, that kind of thing. Um, Gonzo played, uh, Gonzo and Rizzo played Jim Hawkins' friends that were, they were, they were characters that were just added in. They played his friends that worked with him in the inn and everything. And, um, so, uh, they're sitting there at one point in the barrel, you know, here overhearing the conversation because Rizzo's always hungry and he finds the barrel of apples. So he and Gonzo are in the barrel and they hear the pirates, you know, planning the mutiny or whatever. And they try to tell Jim and Jim doesn't believe him because he trusts Long John Silver. And so they're sitting there and uh, Gonzo says, it's it just feels so weird. And Rizzo's like that Jim's not our friend anymore. He's like, well, yeah, that. And my pants are full of starfish. <laughs> That's really funny. And Rizzo says, You and your hobbies. So yeah, it's if you've not if you've not watched Muppets Treasure Island, I encourage everyone to watch it. It's a fun movie. It's a great movie. So Um Scroop was the was the was the Spider Lobster man's name. I did not like oh, him. Did not I didn't like him, like him at all. Mm, no, sir he i was glad to see him die and i really hated that he killed arrow i liked arrow i um, did
2: too i really liked him too and i i liked how he was a rock face
0: Mm-hmm. yeah i see that's the thing is this is one of those universes i'd like to spend a little more time in i think i wish this movie would have been more successful so that because so that we would have had some spinoffs that weren't video games and we could have spent a little more time in this universe.
2: Yeah, because they had originally planned to do a sequel, and then when it did so terrible, they scratched that mm-hmm. plan.
0: And you could have Stitch end up showing up in this universe. Right? He would fit in perfect. Yeah, yeah.
2: Absolutely perfect. So, Billy Bones was weird at the beginning. He was like a really old turtle.
0: <laughs> he was a really old turtle. That's exactly what he was. Um, Billy Bones and Muppets Treasure Island was funny. <laughs> he was played by um. Oh, what's that guy's name? When you
2: watch this, you basically compared to Muppets Treasure Island the whole time, right?
0: I don't know if I've made that clear or not. Uh, <laughs> what's the guy's? Billy Conley played Billy Bones. No, not Billy Bones. Yeah, played Billy Bones in Muppet's Treasure Island, and um, he was great. Billy Conley, you'd know him if you saw him. But as he's dying, after he's given the black spot, and they come after him. As he's dying, he takes Jim Hawkins by the hand, and he's like, Jim, Jimmy, Jim, 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 Jimmy, Jim, Jim. Remember, beware the one-legged man. Which is the same thing as don't trust the cyborg. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he's like, Jim, Jimmy, Jim, 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 Jimmy, Jim, Jim, remember. And Jim's like, don't trust the one-legged man. He's like, right, and never run with scissors. <laughs> it's not safe (laughs) and then he finally does that's Um, funny (laughs) so ladies and gentlemen welcome to disney vault talk where steve quotes muppet movies
2: (laughs) i mean i think it's safe to say treasure planet's not a bad movie it's actually pretty good yeah yeah. you just have to you have to be willing to open your mind a little bit i believe Mm -hmm. to it and sort of want to go into the whole treasure island in space kind of thing yeah which is a great name for this movie mm-hmm.
0: oh well, it's a good pitch it's a good if you want to describe it that will describe it perfectly uh how'd you feel about um the, the goo goo dolls light
2: Oh, I'm fine with it. I like yeah. the goo goo goo
0: goo I don't know. I like it's to me it definitely firmly planted it in this time frame. Oh so, totally. So it many, totally makes it like a timepiece because of the music that they changed. So many of these Disney movies, even when they started incorporating some pop music, you know, or pop selections like during the credits and everything, the only thing that really encapsulates those in a certain moment in time are maybe the artist. Who sang like Christina doing the Mulan theme, you know, but even like Celine doing the beauty and the beast or, uh, Elton John doing the lion King. It doesn't, the, those are artists that are pre, have proven themselves to be pretty timeless. And I'm not taking anything away from Christina. I'm just saying that she's probably one that doesn't quite, but then there's some that, you know, the true to your heart and everything. Those are definitely moments, but they're not within the movie itself. Right. Um, to have this in the movie, it to me the minute I heard it, I'm like, okay, I know exactly when this came from. This is from the around the same time the calling was singing. Wherever you will go, mm-hmm. and and Nickel- and Lifehouse and Nickelback and Chad Kroger. and they say that a hero shiver. And so it was you know what that-,
2: that period reminds me of? Yeah the era of wrestling when they were using a bunch of um who was it that they were creed
1: yes a bunch yep. of
2: creed songs for all the all the like videos showing mm-hmm. them all in the what were those called Do you remember
0: the vignettes
2: yeah but they were doing those videos that were like showing them all going through a bunch of stuff like the the main creed one that i remember i uh, can replay it in my head because edge is like at the top of the ladder And part of it.
0: Can you take me higher? Yeah, that one. The one that
2: they did with higher. Uh
0: Uh-huh. Well I just heard. But anyhow, this is I'm still here. It's Jim's theme. I mean, that sounds like every Goo Goo Dolls song. I don't, I don't, I don't know how not to be overly critical of the music of this time period. But that's exactly when I heard it. I'm like, oh, that sounds just like the other stuff. <laughs> yes. And um, but yeah,
2: when I heard it, I was like,
0: huh, that like, was cool. Like, here's the thing: in 2002, I'd have been like, guys, this song is awesome. But now. i I, I don't think i would i don't think this this is music and it like i say it puts it it plants it firmly in this time frame here's the other one that i like a little bit better it's always know where you are which is good advice by the way I've spent a lot of time in church. I don't know if you know that or not. But yes. but um this song, when it starts out, it sounds like every single modern yes. day praise and worship song that you'll hear on like Enlighten or what is the Sirius XM Christian Station. I don't mm-hmm. know. But it, it to me it sounds like that. And and it also when it started out acoustically, like it fit in really well. There was some other acoustical type music with some neat instruments and everything throughout the score, and I'm like, well, this fits in better than that other song did, but then it kicked in, and I'm like, oh, you had such a cool opportunity, and I don't know if maybe if there would have been a, I, look, I like John Resnick's voice, uh, you know, I, I joke a little bit about the Goo, Goo Dolls and everything, but I like his voice, um, but I think if they would let someone else sing it, him write it, and someone else sing it, it might not have felt so entrenched in this era.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yep. Yeah. Well, I mean, since we're talking about it, I went ahead and pulled them up. The end of the year, Hot 100, Billboard I did hits that too. from 2002. Yes. So, How You Remind Me by Nickelback is number one.
0: Oh my gosh. Yep.
2: And then Foolish by Ashanti, Hot in Her by Nelly.
0: <laughs> so hot, yeah. So,
1: so hot, hot in her. hot in her.
2: <laughs> And then Dilemma by Nellie and Kelly I don't Rowland. remember
0: that song at all. I don't remember Foolish, by the way. Oh, really? Right.
2: Uh, Wherever You Will Go Yep. by The Calling. That's right. A Thousand Miles by Vanessa Carlton.
0: Wait, what is A Thousand Miles? Oh. And I can't fly into the... That one? I gotta know. I think know. so, yeah. That's not the making my way downtown, watching your face. Is the very <laughs> That one?
2: No. Maybe. I don't know. We'd have to look it up. I'm about to. Okay, and then In the End by Linkin Park. In the
0: end, it doesn't really matter.
2: Yeah. Then What's Love by Fat Joe.
0: I don't know that one.
2: You Got It Bad by Usher. And then number 10 was Blurry by Puddle of Mud. Remember Puddle of Mud? I do remember
0: Puddle of Mud
2: and then right after number 11 I have to say it was complicated by Avril Lavigne why you gotta make so complicated? complicated
0: I think I think yeah hold on yes this because the video is she goes and sits down at the piano mhm and starts playing cause, play because she's a pianist well it is play. playing well it's about to she's sitting down at the piano right now this is the video here we go and it starts moving she's coming out of the garage oh yeah i get it right from that first note mm-hmm. making my way downtown walking by seven or seven or seven, yeah. um i want to hit a couple of more in the top 25 here just two more um <laughs> that i see of course we have to do we have to do hot in her i'm not playing so hot in here um but the middle uh, yeah i was about to say the middle by jimmy Eat world
2: Oh no no no! This is the one. The number number twenty was the one yes. from. I was about to go there with, with Creed. Yeah, yes. my
0: sacrifice, um, my sacrifice.
1: When you are with me, I'm free.
0: Yeah, I made a I made a Lord of the Rings video to that song. <laughs> Don't laugh at me. You'd love it. You would cry. Mm. You would.
2: I'm trying to remember what some. I mean, I remember the titles of them, but I'm trying to remember what some of these sound like.
0: Um, and then you have. Uh, I'm surprised that the. I see Hero by Enrique Iglesias is on here. I can't be a hero, baby. But number 25 of the top 25 is Hero by Chad Kroger. And they say, out a hero. Guitar. Yeah. So, yeah, this was. Um, NSYNC.
2: Whenever, wherever.
0: I don't remember not that one. To
2: be together, Whenever. That you've got to do it like around. Shakira. You got to sing like a. Whenever,
0: wherever. wherever. <laughs> oh, Superman by Five for Fighting was in the top fifty, number forty-six. I can't stand to fly. I'm not that naive. What else we got down here in this top one hundred? I do not like music from the two thousands normally. So. No. There's very little that I am finding that I, that I was digging back oh in the day. Oh
2: my gosh, Kylie Minogue, I can't get you out of my head. Blah 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 blah. I'll blah. tell Stupid you song.
0: I'll tell you what this. Oh, there's my girl Celine at 91. A new day has come. Um, oh
2: my gosh, look at 55. I remember that song.
0: I don't know that one. You don't? No, Those cause I'm never. Like, I, cause I am never because i can
2: not, Get Out the Way. Yes, okay,
0: <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, oh,
2: Can't Fight the Moonlight by Leanne Rimes.
0: I don't know that Good one.
2: Good Lord. That one came out because, um, oh, what was the movie? Coyote Ugly mm-hmm, came mm-hmm. out, and she was in it. And so she did Can't Fight the Moonlight for it, that one.
0: Here's the thing. 2002 for me, this time period more than anything else, of course the prequels, like I say, Attack of the Clones in May. But 2001, 2002... The first part of 2002 was the back half of the season one of smallville so you had clark running into a tornado at the end of season one season two starts here toward the end of the year of course and it was just kicking on all four cylinders um i love that show Mm-hmm. Smallville. So that's what I always associate this time frame. Well see
2: this was when I was just about a senior in high school mm-hmm. so these were the songs that like everybody was into I wasn't really I was listening to to a lot of metal at this point but I do remember you know people loving this stuff I can't remember what oh my gosh it's crazy I don't know I don't remember what the what always on time by job Roll
0: was <laughs> I don't listen, I did not at this point in my life I'm like I'm done with rap, I'm done with hip hop. And um I I was in the middle of I just I was a year into a career and working with kids and I just knew that I hated the music they listened to. And this is when I really started to turn back and embrace everything eighties and classic rock. <laughs> so like I'm done with you kids and your 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 kids and your music. It's
2: so funny. The ones that stand out to me are all of like the Creed songs and like. Creed was big.
0: People make fun of them, but they were big. They struck a chord.
2: What was How You Remind Me by Nickelback? This is how you You remind remind me me who Uh, I really am.
0: Yep. Okay. This is how. Um, Anyhow, wrapping back up about the, the, (laughs) the music of the movie, James Newton Howard did the score. And again,. Great score, not a bad score yeah, at all. actually, I've, I really like the really score music from Well, film. just like Atlantis. He did Atlantis, and that was a great score. And, um, you know, he's he's an accomplished composer and did some good stuff for them. And, uh, you know, I don't know if this movie is underrated, but it definitely is one that's worth revisiting if you've not seen it, or visiting for the first time if you've not seen it, and revisiting if you haven't seen it in a while. Um, it's not on Netflix anymore. I had to actually rent it from the iTunes. But, um, but I you know it's not something like oh i can't believe i just paid money to watch this it was good i enjoyed Mm -hmm. it you know
2: yeah and i I said that after it was over i was like you know it's actually a pretty good movie Mm -hmm. it's just definitely a science fiction movie it wasn't i enjoyed it way more than i even remember and i know i had seen it but i swear i haven't seen this movie since it came out in 2002 my mom on the other hand has seen it quite a bit because she would she and i were talking she's like this is this is the one with the The kid that gets in trouble a lot, and he has like a a skateboard, but like a like a space skateboard, and there's like a cyborg, and I'm like, oh my god, how many times have you seen this movie?
0: (laughs) But you know what? It also, I really do think that the lack of success it had really has to do with the time period in which it came out, and I also think that it was Disney trying to break out of just the princess business still. You know, they mm-hmm. spent years trying to get out of just the princess business, and it took them a while to find that formula. They've got the success of Pixar just going bonkers. You know, at, at this point, everything Pixar put out was gold, 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 gold. And and so I really think that what we're seeing here and what we'll see with the subsequent movies from Disney is just a an attempt to find how are we going to tell good stories that aren't necessarily fairy tales, that don't center around... Just a princess that they're really trying to find their feet as a good storytelling company again. And I don't know that they really find sure, completely sure footing until you get to Bolt and a little bit beyond.
2: Yeah, definitely beyond Bolt, probably Princess and the Frog. But, you know, that's when they return to the princess mentality. But, you know, I have to applaud them because we talk a lot about in film that there's no original ideas. Well, these were original ideas, that's for sure. Well, in
0: a way, I mean, they were definitely...
2: Well, maybe not this one, but when we talk about, like, Home on the Range and Mm -hmm. Chicken Little and Meet the Robinsons. Like, they're original, you know, stuff rather than just rehashing the same thing over again. I mean, it's not like Secret Life of Pets or anything, Mm -hmm. but it's definitely...
0: Well, and I've not watched Meet the Robinsons in... In a Coons age, but
2: I've I've never seen it. I
0: I think you're really going to enjoy it. Really, I really.
2: Cause I do. saw the trailer and I was like, "Well,
0: you're going to love big head, little bitty arms." What
2: is that?
0: You'll see. You'll see. I've got this exactly. big head and these little bitty arms, like and, a T Rex. Yes, it, that's who says it. Um, so you'll completely dig it. But, uh, like I say, if you've not seen this movie, if you're listening to this, and we didn't spoil anything for you because it's. It's Treasure Island in space, (laughs) and so it's a story that's what five hundred years old. Didn't Robert Louis Stevenson write this thing like five hundred years ago? I don't know. The fifteen hundreds. Robert Louis Stevenson didn't he write? uh, He wrote Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde as well.
2: Oh wow!
0: Tackle that. Tackle that one, Disney.
2: Yeah, right. They are in Once Upon a Time.
0: Oh, are they? Yeah. I am so behind on Once Upon a Time. You get
1: caught
0: up. Yeah. Teresa, you got anything else you want to add to our Treasure Island discussion?
2: No, but coming up next is actually a film that I really like. It is Brother Bear.
0: Oh, we're getting into the bears.
2: So, Brother Bear, yep, bears. By we're the way, lovers.
0: by the way, I just want to mention, uh, speaking of bears, I used some Disney movie rewards, you know, like when you put in your little codes to get the digital copies and everything. And uh, I had tons of them, so I ordered a fancy-schmancy Force Awakens poster. That one day when I have my own place again, I'll hang in the Star Wars room. And I ordered the Blu-ray of Disney Nature's Bears.
2: Yeah, so and, we need to do a review of Bears.
0: And I can't wait to, to watch it. So, Well, that does wrap it up for us. And we're looking forward to Brother Bear on the next episode of Disney Vault Talk. That'll be episode 51. Until then, Teresa, how can people get in touch with us?
2: Well, you can send us an email. Email vaulttalk at gmail.com. That's vaulttalk with two T's in the middle at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Disney Vault Talk. Twitter, we are at Disney Vault Talk. I am at IceColdPenguin on Twitter and Instagram. And Steve is at Steve Glosson. And if you haven't done so, please go follow at Golivers. That's G O L I V E R S E. For our network of shows,
0: and we haven't mentioned it in a while, but if you listen via iTunes or any of the podcasters that you listen through, uh, please leave us ratings and reviews. However, you can it helps us out in a big way and helps people discover the show. We, we've we've caught a lot of new listeners lately who are going back through the back catalog and listening. We're glad to have all of you along, and and whenever you leave ratings and reviews, it helps kind of bump us up and keep us in the uh, keep us in the keep us in the mindset and the eyes of people who may be looking for Disney podcasts. Uh, if you want to support the shows, you can do so directly through Patreon at patreon.com slash geekoutloud or use various shopping links that you'll find at geekoutonline.com and geekoutpodcast.com. There's Amazon links there. There's links to ThinkGeek, one of the best websites to buy for the geek in your life, even if the geek in your life is you. And Entertainment Earth, if you're a collector, Entertainment Earth is a great place to go to collect whatever you're doing, from Funko Pops to Action Figures to Transformers to Hot Wheels. They've got it all. So use those links uh, to do your shopping there at geekoutonline.com and geekoutpodcast.com, and it helps the shows out in a big, bad way. We thank you guys again so much for joining us. We're hoping for more than 50 more as we continue down this magical journey through the world of Disney. So until next time, I'm Steve.
2: And I'm Teresa. May all your days be magical.
0: And may all your wishes come true. We'll get it right one day.
2: Yeah, I couldn't remember if that was it for sure.
1: Because I a, wasn't looking at the name.
0: <laughs> have a good one, everybody. Yeah. Yeah.